ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Tyler McCluskey. We get into building a brand through digital media, hunting Western Oregon, Kudu Point Broadheads, and his role as media manager for Kong Valley Collective. Enjoy the episode. We're on with Tyler McCluskey. Tyler, good evening, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes of your day to sit down and tell us about uh, your outdoor experience and mountain-built media. Good evening. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. So why don't we just jump right into it, man? Give us some intro and background. Tell us about yourself. Um, well, it's a regular dude. Love the outdoors. Um, I uh, was actually born down in California. Then we moved up here to Oregon, uh, where I live now, when I was like five years old. Um, my parents uh, had divorced when I was young. My dad moved to Montana. Um, my, my mom and I moved here and uh, kind of bounced back and forth um, from here to there in the summer times and uh, spending summers with my dad. Montana is kind of where I uh, got my love for the outdoors because Montana is just like, you know, one of the meccas for outdoors. And my dad, uh, yeah. yeah. And my dad's real big into like um, backpacking and uh, he was big into hunting. And so it kind of, you know, rubbed that off on me and stuck ever since. Here we are. Yep. Here we are. Yep. Yep. So uh, a little bit about your hunting and outdoor life, man. What, uh, what makes you tick out there? What keeps you pulling or keeps pulling you out there? Man, um, everything about it. I just love being out in the wild and seeing beautiful things and uh, just seeing, you know, animals in the wild doing their things. Awesome. And like elk hunting, especially just having elk screaming and yelling at your face. There's just nothing like it really. It's, it's pretty amazing. You know, big time experience with those elk, man. I'm a, uh, I'm going to say a new elk hunter, uh, California. You don't have many opportunities, oh, yeah. man. You're lucky to draw once or twice in your life. Right. So, right. Yeah. It's a, be a bummer man i can't, can't imagine like those guys out there like yourself is 
can't just go out and buy a tag over the counter. Cause just, you know, every, every year here, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But man, I'm glad I, I jumped into it and there's nothing like elk, man. Oh, right. That's like, I'm right? beating the dead horse with that one, but wow. What an, it what is. an animal. Yeah, you know, people try to say that turkey's like elk hunting, but hell no, I can't, I can't get behind it though. You know? Oh, the turkeys come in, man, it's awesome. Like it's cool, yeah. I guess, but no, yeah, it does. Nothing, it's not this- nothing like it. We hunt turkey here, man, and it's funny. Yeah. I talked to uh, talked to a couple of the other Kong Valley guys, uh, Dan and uh, Jimmy, and they're big turkey hunters back east. And, right, uh, right. You know, they started talking about that, and even they said, "Yeah, there's no comparison. There's nothing like it." Well, I guess Dan yeah. didn't really compare him, but he, you know, he had a shot at it. But yeah, it's something else, man. It's an amazing creature. So, what makes you what makes you tick out there, man? Are you a, a blacktail hunter, or just elk, or? Um, I probably like elk. You know, it's it's a lot, a lot of fun. I love chasing bulls and uh, just experiencing just the highs and lows of that. It's just nothing like. It. I do like hunting blacktail too, but. Um, Elk's definitely, definitely my jam. I got a little into bear hunting too, like a few years ago. Um, that's a lot of fun too, but that's a whole other, another situation. Yeah, yes. Different beast there. Right. A whole different beast there. Right? So what do you, what do you chase in Rosie's there in Oregon? Or are you going after the Rocky yeah, Mountain? I actually live on the Oregon coast, basically. I'm like 30 minutes from the beach. So, um, yeah, there's some straight Rosie territory here where I'm at. Like I go 30 minutes from my house. There's elk there usually. I would cuss you on that one, but yeah, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I hear that Rosies are uh, they're a rough go though with the uh, you know the rainforest type situation there on the yeah. uh, western coast, and um, right people say it's almost foolish to chase them. It's tough, man. I mean, it's just it's thick here. You know, I mean, you go anywhere you can see maybe twenty, thirty yards. You know, little stretches here and there, but it, they're they're tough to chase in here. And everything's just so steep and up and down. This, the coastal ranges, it's, it's no joke for sure. It's a lot different than, you know, when you go out over to Eastern Oregon, it's more, you know, the open style. That's one of the things, though, that draws me to the Roosevelt's is the terrain, right? I right. mean, it's a, it's a challenge, right? I mean, it, it just, it's just going to sure. push it, you know? So that's one of the things that I keep looking at, man. And I'm intrigued by that, uh, by the Roosevelt hunt. It looks like a blast. Yeah. I mean, you're not just chasing the roses. You like, so you're, you're fighting the terrain too. So you're just, you know, the double whammies to can take a toll, man, for sure. Yeah, always got, wet. Uh, yeah. Always wet. And, um, you dive way down to one of these, one of these steep gullies, you know, and they have to pull a critter out of there. It's it take a toll on you. That's fun stuff, man. So tell, it's us a lot a, of fun, though. tell us a little bit about your 2018 season, man, the highs and lows there. Uh, my 2018 season was, I didn't really actually get to hunt a whole lot. Um, for actually the past few years, my, my wife's been kind of battling some, some chronic illness. So I didn't really get a chance to get out a whole lot. And then actually, uh, my dad passed away, uh, right before September. So that kind of also took, took a hit on me. Um, I was able to get out, uh, like two times, I think to chase bulls. I got one, um, at about 40 yards. I had my buddy calling for me. Um, he was going nuts and scraping and, uh, he was all fired up. But, um, you know, the Oregon rainforest got the best of me. I got to about 40 yards and I had a little tiny hole that I would have to thread the needle through. And it was like a front shoulder shot. And I just, I didn't want to take it. And by the time I was, uh, trying to sneak in a little closer, he knew something was up and started just run down the mountain. And me and my buddy tried to chase him at four legs beats too any day. Oh yeah. Especially with that gate on that, uh, on that run there, man. I'm sorry to hear about your, uh, your loss there, man. 
Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, it was a surprise to all of us. My dad's pretty athletic, you know, fit dude for an older guy. He's actually out like kayaking two days before. Just a random art thing, you know, it can come out of nowhere. Important to cherish all the time we get together, man. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I want to talk about what, uh, something that I'm doing right now in this whole mm -hmm. new to the podcast world and building a brand man via, via media, right? Be it social media or right. website, uh, you know, all the different platforms and mm -hmm. you are, uh, you own and started mountain built media. I understand yeah, that correctly yeah. so why don't right. you just dive into that man you know and, and give us some give us some uh background on mountain built media and then uh, yeah, we'll start do. talking about it yeah so mountain built media is just kind of like a, a side project that i started up not too long ago um in, in the past i've taken some some video out hunting and made some cool little short films and a lot of outdoor photography and um that's kind of a, a platform originally for me to like share that you know but then Kind of along the way, I've met up with like the Kong Valley guys, and they're kind of um, on the same path to uh, to you know grow their social media thing. And so, um, kind of it's turning into more of like helping others share their journey, you know, and like show what what they're passionate about in the wilderness. And so it's kind of been pretty cool meeting up with some people like the Kong Valley guys and a few other people that have reached out wanting to help uh, building their you know online brand or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, what do you? I got call my first. <laughs> What was that? I said, what do you call it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You Social media is a crazy thing, yeah. man. It's a beast in itself, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. You were about to say something. Oh, no, no worries. Um, yeah, I got my first little bit of kind of marketing in the outdoor scene back a few years ago, kind of when Alaska Guide Creations blew up. Um, a buddy, uh, well, buddy now, didn't know him at the time, but he reached out to me and kind of saw what I was doing online. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm working with these guys at Alaska Guide Creations. You know, we'd love to have you help us out. So, I kind of helped them take Alaska guide creations to the next level and get to help them get to where they're at now. Back then they weren't really, really known. So um, that was a lot of fun getting to work uh, there with those guys and kind of build up the Alaska guide creations brand. And that kind of fueled my fire to get out and do that uh, on my own and do my own thing too. I mean, that's cool, right? I mean, you're, you're working, but you're involved in something that you love with all your heart, man. That's, that's pretty important. Do me a favor, dude. I'm a tangent this real quick. So I see yeah. a shadow over your left shoulder and that can only mean that there's some elk antlers hanging up up there, man. Angle that camera up <laughs> yeah. and let me see those antlers. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I couldn't help myself. There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice wall, man. Heck yeah. yeah those were actually, uh, those are my dad's when I went, uh, after he passed away. I uh, went up to meet up with my brothers and kind of go through, you know, all his stuff. And um, those are, that's all actually his collection from his past hunts. And that's kind of like, you know, his tribute wall that's to, awesome, to my dad. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I had to do it, man. I saw that shadow and I was. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah those are all Montana <laughs> there. Got a couple whitetails up there, a couple bulls, big muley. I love this muley. That one's my favorite. Yeah, it's that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Got those little stickers yeah. there. Yeah. Good deal. Sorry, man. Sorry for that. I had to know. No, that's cool. Man. No worries. I actually figured that happened, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. Especially yeah. that's because you're, you know, well, not especially, but that's your dad's, man. That's good to keep those memories and be able to cherish for that sure, stuff, right? man. Yeah. So, okay, back to uh, back to the media, man, and the craziness of uh, yeah. how do you do that? So what, uh, where do you start? Where do you start with it all? I mean, it is, it'll leave your head spinning. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, if you're trying to build your online brand, it's kind of, 
um, figure out who you're trying to reach out with, you know, like what's your, your target audience, you know, find that person that you're going to try to reach out to that you can relate to. And you can see, you know, that they are trying to do what you're trying to do or reach out and find out what their passion is and um, just kind of go from there. That's, you know, the best starting point. <clears throat> and how important, well, I, it almost sounds like a stupid question. How important is the visual aspect, right? Because we get a lot of, you see a lot of posts on Instagram, um, right. Facebook, whatever, whatever platform folks are on, go wild. Um, how important is it to get that really good capture? I think that's crucial, really. I mean, because that's, that's the focal point. You know, if someone is interested or they, you know, have questions, just having that strong visual image where they're like, wow, that looks awesome. I want to go out and do that. Or I, I can do that, you know, and I want to I share what I can do, too. So I think that's, that's huge, having some great visual pictures or graphics. And that's a, a great starting point for sure. So where do you start with, I mean, there's like, we can run off, you know, left, right, left, right on this all day long. Where do you right. start with that? Right a lot. A lot of folks, you know, are just on their phone um, taking yeah, I pictures. Think, yeah, I mean, pictures, phones are awesome. Everyone's got them. You know, they could fit in your, your bino harness, or your bag, and you can take it out and get some good pics. But I mean, to get those powerful pictures, your best bet is get to go out there and spend a little bit and get, you know, a decent, um, you know, DSLR or, you know, mirrorless camera. That way you can get those real sharp, you know, awesome images. You can get, you know, the, the feathers of a bird just on point or just a raindrop or just, you know, the fur of an animal and just get those really sharp, high-def pictures. That's definitely uh, a selling point when it comes to really selling yourself out there and um, building your brand up. So give us... Anybody can take phone pictures, you know? Yeah. Give us the difference between the uh, DS, DSLR and the mirrorless. What are, we, what are we talking about there for the folks that don't know? Um, you know, to be honest, dude, I mean... I just think mirrorless takes better pictures as far as like the technicality of it. You know, I don't, can't get that deep into it. You know, um, I have a DLSL, DSLR camera, um, but the mirrorless definitely takes more quality pictures and then it takes better video too. You can get that 4k video. that just looks flawless if you're out trying to catch some films. So they're a little more expensive, definitely mirrorless. You're going to be paying uh, a bigger price tag, but when it comes to like interchangeable lenses, they're all a lot more expensive than the DSLR, but if you're really trying to build up, I think that your best bet is to go out there and spend that little extra and get that quality gear. You know, it's like your hunting gear. You get the more quality gear, you get a more enjoyable experience out in the woods. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah. So the mirrorless, I had a 7D that I just got rid of, and uh, I got tired of lugging it, man. It, the, the DLSR are. They're huge, right? Yeah, they are massive for sure. Like cannons are huge. And that's, yeah, that's what I had. And it was, uh, yeah, it yeah. just got old, right? It's like, man, I'm not, yeah. you got enough in your pack already. You're pushing, you know, depending right. on where you're hunting and what you're hunting, 40 to 60 pounds in your pack. And then you're putting in this camera and it's, you know, it's not just the camera, right? Two, three lenses. Um, batteries. Batteries like crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, and you, you learn your lessons. Then. Yeah, you learn yeah. your lesson with the batteries, right? If it's cold, those batteries sure. aren't going to last as long. No, having like a, a power supply is crucial. I got uh, into the dark energy, you know, um, battery packs. Those have been a lifesaver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I learned the hard way. Get out mm. there, get out there, and think you got enough for you know four or five days, and then right. in two days you're done, and now you're just lugging around weight that you uh, yeah, it's extra dead weight. Yeah, yeah. I thought about leaving it uh, 
hidden and tucked in the woods, <laughs> man. But I, later. Yeah, but I was but it, worried about the GPS uh, putting me back on a couple thousand dollars a gear. So I no opted, doubt it uh, can be sketchy. For yeah, sure. I opted not to do that, man. I'm actually gonna get down to like the Sony um, A6400s might be my next purchase. I mean, it's not like a super high end mirrorless, but it's compact. It's small. Got a lot of great um, features at the price point. So I think it's my next camera. I was going to be looking to get one of those in the next couple of weeks, I think. So what kind of, uh, what would be your suggestion as far as lenses go, right? Say a guy says, okay, I can afford two of these lenses. What would you tell him to go grab? I think for like budget wise, um, like eight or one thirty five is good because you can get a good full frame. You can get a decent zoom with eighteen one thirty five. That'd be a solid one. And then for like your up close shots, I mean, even just the like uh, little lens that like the Sony comes with, a little um, camera what size is like a sixteen like fifty say, but nothing takes really good close wide angle shots also. And how's the weight with that Sony stuff versus like you know the Canon and. It's a lot, it's a lot less. Like I said, the cannons are bricks and, you know, I mean, they take great, great photos and great videos, but you're definitely got that size. So the Sony stuff is just a lot more compact and can, you can fit a lot more in less space. I and mean, if you're going for like a six day hunt and having that extra gear around takes toll on you after a while. So just having that smaller camera and those smaller lenses, I mean, you're not getting the huge big full frame lenses but it still does quite a, quite a good job for what you got. Yeah. One of the things when, uh, after I got rid of the seven D and I started looking at the, uh, the Sony's I mm-hmm. really liked is, uh, as far as mounting them, um, like on your backpack strap now right. Canon has that, but man, you put a Canon on, uh, and I'm not bashing Canon. They take phenomenal oh, yeah, I mean pictures, right? right. Uh, for sure. But you put them on your backpack strap, man. And it's, that's just a lot. Of, again, it's a lot of weight, man. It just drives right. me nuts, you know? No doubt. What do you what do you use to hook up to your bag? Um, I forget the name of that clip, man. It was a clip. It went right on my strap. Is it a peak the peak design clip? Oh, you, you know what? I think that might have been it. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, those are solid. But yeah, was, I mean, I don't care how good that clip is. You can't get away from having that weight <laughs> on the front, right? And right. what I tried to do, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the lens off and I'll, I'll stuff the lens, you know, in my side pouch or uh, hip pouch. But then you got this big right. bulging lens, man. It's just so, it's so inconvenient for the whole, for you sure. know, to be out there hunting and you're challenging your hunt with taking photos or video and then challenging right. your photo or video for the hunt, man. How do you, how do you weigh that water? Cause that's pretty tricky, man. Yeah, it's pretty tricky doing the self-filming gig. It's difficult for sure. It adds a whole nother, whole nother situation in your hunts having to set up, you know, good shots. And, you know, especially like once you got like a bull coming in or whatever, I mean, it definitely adds a different um, dynamic to your hunt, but uh, I just try to do the best I can, you know, just kind of really think out my shot or what I'm trying to do and um, prepare accordingly. You know, if I know I got a herd over here, you know, just get my camera set up where I need to be and kind of get out in front of it and, and, and go at it. But it is what it is. You're not always going to get the best shot. You're not always going to get the best footage, but, um, just plan out the best you can really it's definitely good to have a buddy that's down to help you out you know he could be your caller your filmer but fun friends can be gold at times everyone wants to fill their tags you know yeah well that's hard too right is is asking someone to come out there and film for you and right. that's been my issue right because you have a vision um mm-hmm. as you're filming or as you're seeing things so 
right. you know, to, to get someone on the same page, man, that, that creative juice is always a little bit different. For um, sure. Right. It's, it's pretty difficult, man, to, you know, unless you guys are just flowing and you're, you're used to working together and you know what, uh, what you're after. That's, that's even, I'm not right. going to say harder than self-filming. Self-filming is rough. Um, but it yeah. is, it is a challenge, man. Yeah. But I mean, it's awesome though. It's a lot of fun. Definitely. Oh yeah, it is. I, I have hours and hours and hours of, of horrible footage trying to self-film. <laughs> me and you both, bro. Me and you both. For sure. It gets so For frustrating, sure. man. You know, you're on it and you're moving and then it's like, okay, I'm done. Right. I'm, I need to hunt. I need to hunt. This last right. year, um, I was able to get, uh, I went to Wyoming. I was able to get my elk hunt on film. Uh, nice. So I was pretty stoked about awesome. that. You know, and I was just, I just told myself no matter what, you know, I'm getting this if I harvest something, I'm getting it on film this year. And, uh, mm. it was rough, man. You know, I walk in the woods, we're, you know, we're bugling and I go, Oh man, I got this camera. So I had to bust out the camera, right? I got the camera and tripod in one hand. So I'm ready to go. And, uh, the bugle in the other hand and trying to manipulate that, the bow, the bugle and right. everything, man, it's, uh, it's something right. else. We need to, no, so you need to get we need to find a company to like do like a a, a bugle like monopod combo here. So you, you bugle together. You're gonna have somebody making a tacticam mount for the uh bugles yeah. now. <laughs> right. Actually, uh yeah, that'd be interesting. You couldn't put that sucker down though. No doubt. So uh back to it, man. So you know what uh what else about this branding thing should we be looking for outside of the visual aspect of it? Um, I mean, other than the visual aspect, just really, um, trying to reach out to like your, your audience, you know, and then when you get people coming back to messages and stuff like that, really try to connect with those people. Don't just brush them aside. Like, Oh, you're, I think, um, just connecting with them on like a, a personal level really helps out too. You know, that way when, you know, someone talks about your brand or you in the future, it's, it's all positive. You know what I mean? And then what do you think? I, I mean, photos are important, right? And I guess it, it's going to go back to what you're really trying to do. But where would you weigh photo against video? I think video is more powerful, you know, because it really helps tell the story a little better. I mean, video pictures are off, but that video really helps tell the story. And it can really tie people in a lot more, you know. I mean, getting, like we talked about, quality video is tough. It definitely um, helps out. I mean, even if you can get little little clips here and there, you know, little three quick videos, I think that's pretty powerful too. You don't need a whole, you know, hour long YouTube video or things like that. Just quick little, um, you know, theatrical style movie trailer type things can be can be pretty huge. So, what do you think a good a good for me? I I was looking when I did my video last year, and I thought like you know twenty minutes is like the max, right? And even that's a little. Right. I think it's a little on the longer side for YouTube, um, but I yeah. think I, trying to trying to share you know before, during, and after the hunt, I couldn't come up any shorter than you know. I think it was twenty two minutes and some change. It's really right. hard to to get everyone involved. And, and, and share sure. each portion of that in, you know, 10 minutes. A guy that could do it in 10 minutes is a phenomenal, uh, I'm going to say artist, man. I don't know what other word to right. use for that. Yeah. It's rough. It is an art, though, you know. I mean, really putting together that you can, people can connect with and uh, really relate to is hard, especially for, you know, like a, you know 20 minutes. That's tricky. If you keep people in, engaged and interested in what's going on, 
Um, it's, it's an art form for sure. Mm. And then the post, the post production portion of everything to me, video is probably, I'm going to say at least three times as long on the wrap up than, than going through a bunch of photos, man. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Video editing takes forever. I mean, just cutting your shots and the story together and getting your sound right. Then if you're going to be adding you in, you know, having the music flow with the picture, I think music, music itself is powerful. Having like a, really awesome soundtrack is, is key. You know, not just throwing in some random country song or some rock song. It just doesn't fit. That'll just ruin a video. I get irritated when I watch YouTube videos that are like that. It's like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> Find something even that fit fits. What you got going on. It, and there's, there's some pretty cool sites, though, that you can go and get uh, and buy the license for, you know, yeah. A, a, yeah. a decent Absolutely. dollar, we'll say. Yeah. And, you know, find stuff that's not on every YouTube video. Right. There's uh you start getting into that stuff, man, and it's a it's a wormhole. And there's so much It really is. Yeah. I really like yeah, editing the videos though. I, I find it pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like video production. That's probably my favorite aspect of putting stuff together is putting together really cool videos for people. I mean, you know, photos are fun and getting your lighting and your, your tones and pictures is pretty cool, you know, but I think editing videos is probably my favorite out of the bunch for sure. Yeah. You get all the emotion and everything. The picture, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. If that's the case, then I don't know what a video is because you get every right? bit of yeah. emotion and that personal sure. interaction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely a fan of the video. So, so staying sharp, man, I sent you a bullet and it said staying sharp yeah. all year. So you're grinding it out, man, and you're nonstop, right? You're you're 24-7 mountain guy as far as I could tell. So why don't you give Pretty us some much, of that, man? man? Yeah, I try I try and stay after much as possible. You know, I, I stay fit as I can. I work out whenever I can. Um, I get to shoot my bow every day, luckily, because where I live, I live kind of out in the country up on this big hilltop inside this huge clear cut out behind my house. I can get out there and shoot to, you know, 80 yards, no problem, which is awesome. So I think, you know, shooting the bow is crucial just to stay sharp there. And, um, cause we talked about the mountains here can kick your butt. So staying, uh, on point with the fitness is crucial. Definitely. So what are you doing, uh, on your fitness grind? How do you get after that? Uh, fitness grind. I got my mount, my, my big hill here. I, uh, get out and run there whenever I can. Um, I just uh, I got a 45-pound uh, kettlebell that I use a lot. I mean, having a kettlebell at your house is, is awesome. Oh, the yeah. Versatility of a kettlebell is pretty amazing. Um, and then I got a couple sandbags that I use. I got a big 30-pound um, smash ball that I use a lot. So it's a, a variety of kind of like a CrossFit-style workouts, I guess you'd call it. No, no stair mill at the gym? No, I mean, <laughs> I've done that kind of stuff before, you know, but – Living out where I do, I don't have time to really get to the gym like I used to. But I used to be that guy that would have my, my pack on the sandbag on the stair stepper. I got some weird looks. It was pretty funny. Yeah, you're getting weird looks in Oregon. Try that here. <laughs> you no, know, I can imagine. Like, What's this guy doing? Yeah, yeah I'll go out there and I'll, you yeah. know, take my pack and throw 40, right. 50 pounds in there, man, and get on the treadmill on incline or on the stair mill. And, you know, they're looking like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, I got to be known as the bow hunter guy in the gym. They kind of got to know what I was all about. Oh, that's nice. That's not a bad uh, a bad title right. or thing to be known as. Shoot. For sure. Yeah, oh. It was good times, though. So what are you shooting bow-wise? Bow-wise, I switched to a, a Bowtech Realm X last year. Uh, I'm sticking with that again this year. Um, it shoots awesome. I, I like it a lot. 
Um, you know, I got out and shot a few bows and just the Realm X really just felt nice to me. Um, you know, I think what anybody should do when they're bow shopping is don't just take some dude's word for it that you saw on YouTube or whatever, get out to your pro shop and shoot different bows. And that's where you're going to, your final fits for you. Um, so I've been shooting that and it's awesome. I like it a lot. Um, got it about 74 pounds, um, 27 and a half inch draw. I'm using some Black Eagle Rampage arrows this year with their new like uh, focus front wave system. Um, pretty excited to get that uh, get that going. It's really nice so far. Their new system is pretty sweet. And you're shooting kudu points, right? Yep, kudu points are my jam, man. I do. Uh, that's another one of my my side projects. Is I'm the, the the staff and media director for Kudu Point, so um, I shoot their stuff and help uh, help them run all their social medias and the, some marketing stuff with them. Uh, I shot, started shooting them, working with them three, four years ago, and um, I won't look back, man. Their their broadheads are they're awesome. So I have a box of the one twenty fives sitting yeah. here that uh, is going to go out on a pig hunt here. Hopefully, in a couple weeks, if this podcast nice. thing lets me, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I talked to James Nash a couple weeks ago. And yeah. uh, he schooled me on the single bevel game, and I I wasn't uh, very familiar with it. I'm not going to say the other brand I'm shooting, but I'm shooting a, we'll call it a high-end or expensive, and I'll let your imagination take you to what those are. I think I can, I think I can get you. I think I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah. So I've been shooting yeah. those, and I really, really like them, man. And unfortunately, yeah. they're the vented, um, so they offer a bit of noise that was a concern. Um, man, right. when I got the kudus, and I said, all right, I'm going to, our range down here, you can't shoot broadheads. So I snuck mm. in there when, you know, no one was really watching. Dude, I was yeah. so impressed with the accuracy of these kudus um, out at yardage. It was, yeah, mm. it, it blew my mind. I, I was like, all right, this is going to be okay. Right. But geez, <laughs> it's crazy, crazy accurate. Yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing, man. I mean, I, I, I was sold in the same situation. You know, I had been shooting... You know, X other broadheads for a long time. Then I got with the Kudu Point guys and started shooting them just instantly like that. It's just wow, these are these are awesome. And you know, they don't got that old Nerf football whistle like you mentioned with the with the vid. So just the accuracy and the quiet, they're they're on point, man. And they're solid. They uh they can punch through some stuff without having to worry, you know. So are you a high FOC guy? You know, I, uh, as of recently, I started getting into it more last season, and um, this year I got a pretty heavy arrow. I'm going um, 510 inch total weight this year. So it's my heaviest arrow yet. Uh, I'm pretty impressed so far. I think it's going to be a pretty big, pretty big difference. Yeah, I think on that's what I'm trying to push over five. I got to figure yeah. that out, but I'm I think I'm just below five right now with these on there. Right on. Today I yeah I went to. Uh, I shouldn't have. I, hopefully, my wife doesn't listen to this episode. Uh, <laughs> but I went and shot the uh, the new Prime CT5 man, and oh, nice. nice to see what that uh, what that bow does with these and a heavier arrow. Right. Yeah, it uh, definitely makes a big difference, man. When you're shooting down range, you can hear that that hit, and it's a lot louder, and they get some good penetration with the heavier FOC. Yeah, I really like the fact that the the torque that the single bevel creates, man, that whole that whole uh I don't want to call it a theory, it's not a theory, but the whole deal there. Um 
Right. I noticed it, you know, I was in the backyard. I can shoot uh, about 20 yards and I'm shooting my, uh, got a little 3D target set up and I went to pull it yeah. out and I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, usually I could just pull right through. Well, pull right out. Yeah. Right. Not these, man. You had to twist them yeah. suckers out of the target. Right. You either got to push all the way through, take your off or twist it away. Yeah. It's, it'll tear your targets up in no time. Try to yank them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But that's the nice thing about having the sharper back edge, though. You know, it kind of helps cut as it comes out. Yeah, well, I don't want to yeah, kill them, but I have, I have to test them. I actually have some uh, ballistic gel coming so I can run them through the ringer with that because oh, nice. I'm really curious to see that that's twist, awesome. right? Um, so yeah. I got on, and I, I forget what it is. Like, uh, use, or no, what do they call it? Uh, it's like slightly damaged FBI ballistic gel they send you. <laughs> so I got All right, on, like... A second batch of glycic gel or something? Yeah, like the FBI run test on it. I guess you can melt it down. Gotcha. We'll see when I get that big old block. But That's awesome. Definitely share some of those pictures with me, man. If you get them oh, or video, whatever sure. you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super uh, intrigued by that twist, man. So I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely kick that to you. I wish I had a awesome. camera that had a higher <laughs> frame rate so I could slow-mo it. But we'll, we'll see how no we doubt, play that right? one out. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. You got a little bit of involvement, man, with uh, with the Kong Valley Collective guys um, as their media manager. Um, yeah. So one of the things that we've been doing over the last, I believe your episode will be number six in that uh, yeah. in that whole movement there. So why don't you give us your take, man, on Kong Valley, the movement, uh, what you're doing in Kong Valley? Yeah. So uh, Jonathan, the, you know, the head chief of the Kong, I guess we call him. Uh, he shot kudu points last year and he took his bull with him and, um, he sent, he shared the pictures with me and, uh, and that's kind of how we got the ball rolling there. I kind of reached out to him like, Hey man, you know, good job. You do what you guys be interested in, um, you know, shooting kudu points for uh, next season, you know, well, we'd love to help you guys out and, uh, do like a partnership with the Kong Valley. I really liked where they were going with the Kong Valley. Um, that's kind of where our relationship started. And, uh, he kind of brought me in and has been, um, I've been helping them with their, you know, online graphics and I helped build their website and, um, just built a really cool relationship with all those guys. They're, they're amazing group, bunch of people. It's a good, good, good group to be a part of for sure. And just the, um, their goals are, are awesome. You know, just branching and or bridging the gap and all things outdoors, you know, hiking, hunting, fishing. Um, you know, we're all out there enjoying the wilderness and, uh, that's what it's all about, you know, not, well, I'm, uh, I'm a hiker. I'm a hunter. It's you know, all out there. Just loving it, living it, you know? So what do you think creates that divide, right? Of the hunters are over here and everybody else is on this side. Right. You know, I think a lot of it's kind of just, just stereotypical stuff. You know, the, the general public doesn't see what goes into, you know, the type, the type of hunting that we do, you know, they don't see us out there all year long shooting our bows, you know, scouting, looking at Googlers and putting in the work just to go out there and get our butts kicked by, you know, mother nature to put some meat in our freezer. You know, they just think we're out there trying to, you know, kill animals and put you know, trophies on our walls. And so it's about, you know, we're out there trying to provide for our families and, you know, enjoy the wilderness while we're doing it. And I think a huge part, I mean, I've gotten, I don't even know how many hate, messages online from people oh, why don't you go buy your meat in the store like a regular person it's like <laughs> you don't even know what it took for me to get that like this is a huge disconnect you know between food and the wilderness i mean it's 
It's crazy. And that's just a small part of it, right? I mean, that's right. That's what's crazy about it. It's just that that's just one minute piece of that of that whole puzzle or that whole picture. It's right. such a small fraction, right? Yeah. What do you think? Maybe ten percent of it. Everything else is, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, good times, yeah, family, dude. friends. Right. Right. Yeah, maybe ten percent. I mean, it's it's crazy lopsided scale if i ever seen one yeah it really is it really is that's i think that's a huge part of it you know i mean the the people that get out there and just hike for fun and take the photos you know i mean they're putting in just as much sweat as we are out there you know but that's just for that day but they don't see what we're doing all year long you know to to be successful out there or not even successful most of the time you know it's you're out there and you fail you know 90 percent of the time if you look at it as failure you, you yeah, take something away every time. So right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With all that we just said, bridging that gap with KVC, that is with, you know, the, the folks that are standing on the other side of the fence, if you will. So mm-hmm. how do we bridge the gap inside the hunting community, right? Because that, to a point, that's almost a harder challenge than bridging the gap with, you know, another demographic. For sure. Yeah, I think just the division in the hunting community is just bonkers. You know, it's just, um, you know, people hating on, you know, mountain hunters for, you know, fitness, like, oh, that guy's working out and, you know, posting all these pictures of him in the gym. And, you know, then there's like, oh, the guy sitting up in his tree stand doing his thing. You know, it's, it's, we're all connected, man. We're all out there trying, like I said, fill freezers and bring food home for our families and, uh, you know, enjoy the wilderness. I mean, cutting out that division in hunters is going to be uh, a crucial piece of that puzzle to try try and unify everybody you know there's um just a lot of people that um have a lot of hatred towards people being successful even you know like oh look at that guy with his big bull you know and he's just trying to show off their antlers and you know man he's just proud of what he did you know who cares if you're showing it off anyway right i mean that's what it, it it's crazy because whether you're you know a tree stand guy or a western guy or some guy that's mm. you know rolling down a road right road hunters they do their thing too right i mean that's right. that's their that's their means to an end right but who cares it's all the same end it's all the same you know meat in the freezer it's all the 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 same enjoyment the same family time camaraderie yeah. it puzzles me man puzzles me yeah so how sure. is how how is the media side say the kong valley website how is that or what is that doing to show that diversity and the need to bring it together? With the Kong Valley website, we're just trying to show just how all of us, we come from different backgrounds. You got guys that like to fish. You got people that like to just go out and take their, their nature pictures. And you got guys that like to, you know, we're predominantly hunters in the group, you know, so far, but we're just trying to bring different pieces of the puzzle all together and just share our experiences and our passion. And, um, to show the unification that we can all have, you know, there's no divisions of who does what and what's better for, you know, who anybody, but so we're all out there trying to save public land so we can enjoy it. So, you know, my, my kids can enjoy it and, you know, your kids can enjoy it. And, um, that's what it's all about, man. So how, how many kids you have? I've got three kids. Oh, Yo, you got three. Three. Yep. How old? I got two stepsons. Uh, they're 17 and almost 20. And then I've got a six-year-old daughter also. 
so they everybody's getting out in the woods or yep oh yeah whenever i can uh i got one kid that's kind of uh a, a gamer type or i call him a house cat he just, <laughs> like to go out, just like to go outside a whole lot but um i got another my middle son he likes to get out and go hunting with me and my daughter just can't wait to get out and go i take her out for hikes whenever i can i got her a little bow set up she started shooting recently so she's definitely more interested than the rest definitely. so what do we have planned for 2019 man in the way of hunts and for 2019 the way of hunts um i got uh well my spring season's kind of wasted i got uh, a I'm, a I'm a carpenter by trade other than all the social media and stuff i actually have a day job where i have to go you know build stuff all but i'm um, actually hurt my shoulder at work i tore my rotator cuff and my labrum in my right shoulder so i got surgery coming up april 15th which is a bummer so my spring hunting is out the window basically um but for elk season, though, I got a couple hunts planned. I got one planned with Jonathan from Kong Valley. We're going to try to get over into the, the Cascades and um, chase some bulls over there. And um, other than that, just over the counter this year. Um, with the shoulder, I'm not sure how strong it's going to be. So I'm not trying to get out and spend a ton of money on um, tags elsewhere if I can't you know, really get out there and enjoy it. So, But, dude, I can. You know, I'm never going to stay home and sit on the couch, that's for sure. So you, that it's primarily bow or you do any rifle hunting? Um, I don't do a lot of rifle hunting anymore. I really took on bow hunting uh, like six years ago, head on. And, um, I just, that's my jam, man. I love bow hunting. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'll get a rifle out there for like for bear, but, um, for elk and deer, it's just all bow for me. What, yeah. uh, what draws you to the bow so much with, with chasing animals? Just the challenge. It's just uh, getting within bow range. It's just awesome. Just trying to outsmart an animal on their turf. Uh, it's just nothing like it, man. It's awesome. What's bow range for you, right? Because there's some discussions yeah. on on that whole deal. So what's what's Tyler's right. bow range? Right. Bow range is a real heated topic for some people. You know, I mean, there's guys out there that can be comfortable 80, 90 yards, no problem. Just laser beams and that's not me i'm not that guy i can i can get out to about 50 yards comfortably on elk probably um you know 40 30 on on blacktail depending on the, well it's really all depending on the situation you know if you got a totally open shot no wind no other factors i can shoot 60 70 yards no problem i guess i'd say but um for the most part i try and keep it pretty pretty close so will that additional weight on that arrow this year will that change that at all right because that's one of the that's one of the pluses right is is less effect with that heavy up front right yeah i think um being able to shoot out at longer distances uh with that weight will be will be better for sure i mean having that punching power long range definitely makes a big difference and kind of boosts the confidence a little bit I mean, there's something I just I like that topic, right? Because I think that, you know, it, it used to be and it's still to a point is, you know, 40 yards, nothing beyond 40 yards. Right. I think some of that was due to technology. Um, yeah. But now, you know, you have like you said, there's guys that could stretch it out 80, 90. I've heard of some shots farther than that. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if a guy can shoot or a girl, if you can shoot 80, 90 yards and you're dialed, you know, is there, is there an issue, right? I mean, the, the equipment that we use, so. you know, is 
crazy, crazy yeah. tech, right? Um, For sure. You could take some of these bows out, man, you know, 120 plus yards. And yeah. you know, there's guys that, then that, that's impressive, right? A guy that can that's go. Pretty, it's pretty impressive, yeah. yeah. Lay it down in the eight inch, you know, eight inch area, man. Um, at 120 right. yards blows my mind. Pretty I, impressive. <laughs> I start uh, I start losing it after about eighty, and I and I. That's about very... my cutoff. Too is about eighty. Like I can shoot decently out to about eighty, but when it comes to actually shooting an ammo eighty, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know, know if I can do it. If you're comfortable and you know your setup and you can do that, I say more power to you. You know what I mean? If you know in your heart that you're not going to be wounding animals out there, go for it. And it's weird, right? You go from like 70, I'm dialed, man. I have no problem. And then just that 10 extra yards, man, is, right. you know, it, that group What's opens that up so much. And it's like, what the hell, man? It's, yeah, 10, it's 10 yards. It's really uh, no distance. Yeah. It's irritating the most. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the, maybe I'll see a difference with, I changed up my arrows. And then, you know, like I said, with these, uh, yeah. with these kudus, we'll see, I'm going to stretch them right. out. I think I have them just, I think I have them out to 70 right now. Nice. So I think I'll, uh, I'll stretch it out and I'll fly a couple at a hundred and see, uh, and see yeah, how it go. looks. Yeah. I just like to see how that arrow is affected uh affected you know over time and space um right in that distance it just it's impressive when something can hold um yeah. especially with that surface area over 100 yards and in our range right. here man we get a a terrible crosswind um really yeah at about 11 30 every day uh, but it's real fun to go out there and try and beat that wind um, and then watch that arrow do its thing. I don't know. It, it sounds weird, but watching the arrow in flight, like the guys will be out there shooting trad bows, man, right. at 120 yards. Arrow's yeah. a little slower, but just to watch that arrow arc into that target to me is a beautiful thing, man. Awesome. Yeah. It's like Ted Nugent says, man, the, the mythical flight of the arrow. He's all about that. He yeah. talks about it all the time. Yeah, it's beautiful. I started shooting uh, the light at knock. I haven't shot light at knocks in years. And I this year I said, ah, I'm changing arrows and points. So let me throw these light at yeah. knocks in, you know, just uh, especially for the filming, right? I think it, uh, yeah, it's sure. a lot better. And uh, to put yeah, the light and knock on, I just switched light and knock myself. Yeah, and uh, to put that light and knock on and watch that arrow is, it's even better, man. It's just laser beam with it's some of these cool. bows. Yeah, it's way cool. Yeah, I, I had never used them. They weren't they weren't legal here in Oregon for forever. So um, this is the first year I've actually got to throw them on and really play around with them, and they're they're awesome so far. I like them. Yeah, they also uh, legalize expandables here this year too. So oh, cool. it'll be interesting to see how people make that jump. You know, for going from fixed blades for years go try it on expandables the first time oh there's going to be nothing but resistance man mostly everybody i talk to yeah. in oregon is is single bevel <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's true man it's it's big here now single bevels it's blowing up like we've got a dealer map on the kudu point website and oregon and washington is just like dots everywhere for dealers in, in this area i what i wonder if that is because the bra or excuse me because the expandables um were illegal if that's Could be, the for main sure. reason it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how sales go this year and who does what personally i think this year might we might take a hit as far as sales go for kudu point but i think people will have their fun with them and they'll go back honestly yeah there's uh i won't I don't want to say the brand. I, I've shot expandables for years. When I first started shooting, uh, the challenge was getting flight, right? Um, right. The, the expandables just offered a field tip type flight. And uh, 
it was just easier to deal with. I shot the shuttle T's early on and yeah. uh, they're decent, but inconsistent is what I found. Right. And you see your arrow doing all kind of weird stuff. And most of the time it hit the mark, but get a lot of tail whip as you're, when you're flying. Oh so. yeah. I mean, you'd see yeah, big swirls and it, it's crazy. Right. And you, you know that right. if there's a branch or something that you're threatened by and yes, yeah, no fun. Yeah, definitely not. So I went with the expandables and I didn't, you know, they weren't horrible. I, they served me really well. I'm going to say 90% of everything I've killed on bow has been with an expandable. And until nice. I jumped on this elk thing, I wasn't really worried about them. Now with elk, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying it. But I know guys that, yeah. that say they kill, you know, kill elk every year on 125 grain expandable. Right. It just seems risky to me. It does, man. I mean, I've, I, I've heard the same, you know, people like, Oh, expandables elk, no problem. But I've also heard the other side, like, Oh, I've shot an expandable at an elk and it bounced off the rib cage, you know, cause it just didn't expand. Right. So it's like, eh, I don't want to take that risk. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. To me, it's not worth the risk. Right. Absolutely not. And then now with what is being put into the manufacturing and tech on the, on the broadheads, man, on the fixed blade, it, it's just, it's night and day from what it was, you know, 20 some odd years ago. For sure. But in the last, I'm going to say three years, it's just crazy been ramped up, man. I mean, these things are like, they're like flying like field points now for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that we definitely pride, pride on with the Kudu point. You know, it's, you can throw them on your arrow and, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, you're going to be on point. I mean, there are those arrow setups that aren't quite put together right and you might have to do a little like knock tuning or you know some adjustments here and there but for the most part it's very rare that you're, you're gonna have a problem with a uh, field point accuracy kudu points which is pretty pretty powerful yeah yeah i had zero okay so when i first got them i had i was shooting the uh the maxima reds um and i had zero adjustment that's what my bow was set up for I mean, no, zero adjustment, none, zero, out to 60 yards. Uh, changed my arrows up, so I added a little weight on the arrows, and then I think I ended up having to move my sight with the addition of the new arrows, maybe, you know, over 20 yards. I think it was like half an inch, three-quarters of an inch or something like that yeah. is what it amounted to. that's not to. bad, you know, switching up your whole setup like that. It's not bad at all. But to, to watch to watch the kudus in flight, man, and, and to see that spin rate from that single bevel— right. Yeah, that crazy, shit man. is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, and, for sure. And my other ones, they they do not absolutely do not have that spin rate. So I yeah, again, yeah. man, that ballistic gel when it gets here, I'm gonna be side by side these things just so I could check it out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see. Yeah. And the kudos fly a, uh, very quiet. They do, they're very quiet in flight, and that's definitely another another point that um, is a, a good selling point, you know. I mean, they're they're tough. They're razor sharp out of the box. They're crazy sharp out of the box, but yeah, they're quiet. So on the kudus, and that's one thing I guess I didn't. Uh, can you sharpen them? Yeah, yeah, you can sharpen them. Um, the best way that that we found to sharpen them is if you get a, a smaller, like round diamond coated hone. And then what I do is I get like just a black sharpie, and I'll uh, just kind of right on the tip the, the very edge of it and, and then put it in the vice and then as you're like sh uh, sharpening you can kind of see the black of the sharpie go away so you know you're getting that like razor edge back 
we get a lot of questions about that actually on social media. It's like, Hey, can we sharpen these? You know, how do I sharpen these? And I actually made a, a, a YouTube video for the Kudu point channel. If anyone ever has. Oh, okay. I'll check that out. Any I have to check that one out. Yeah. Cause that's what I was curious about. The, uh, the other brand here, um, you know, I got the sharpening stone and I was like, man, if, if I can sharpen these, um, the way they're flying price point. Yeah. We'll, we'll be flying these arrows this year. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I think that if it's the brand that you're talking about, I was at the archery shop yesterday here or in Salem, close to my place, and he showed me one of those broadheads. Like, oh look, this exploded going through an elk's shoulder the, the last season. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Just straight, just blew up. It was weird. Damn. Uh, yeah, you don't hear that too much with those. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't really. And they look so freaking pretty. <laughs> it's yeah. A, that's I mean, honestly, I was looking and I'm going, man, what am I going to shoot? And not, you know, again, not spending much time on the fixed blade, um, doing a little bit of homework. I was like, okay, these are sound. Um, and then I yeah. think a lot of that too, right, is I'm going to throw myself under the bus, right? You, you get what you pay for. You start looking at it, right? Sure. And it could be a sucker punch. Um, a lot of times right. it's a sucker punch. Um, yeah, a lot of times, right? But I was I was very concerned going in on Elk that I was going to have, or I, I wanted to make sure I had the best my money could buy, the best that I could afford that was going to do the job um, on this right. big bone, you know, beast of an animal. I didn't want to take any chances. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd be right there with you, you know, going into elk for the first time, just really investing what you can, where you can, you know, thinking, you know, after doing all your research and this and that, finding what things can be best for you. So Absolutely. what's on the horizon, man? What do you have coming up? What are you knocking out in front of you with this media thing, with Mountain Bolt um, Media? Kudu. Yeah, I got a few, uh, just kind of building that brand. I just started it not too long ago as far as like actual like name for it. I was kind of just doing some side work here and there. But then um, a buddy of mine made that logo for me for something else. I kind of renamed it uh, to Mountain Built Media. And um, so I'm just trying to build that up and um, you'll find some clients, help them establish the brand and build their brand up and help them out with some graphics and you know, some web design. I got I think, like two other clients right now that are reaching out and want some help. So it's build it up the best I can and um, got this surgery coming up, which is a bummer. So just trying to fight my way through that. I'm going to have one arm for like a month. I can't even move my right arm. Yeah, it's be a bummer. Well, I feel yeah. for you there. I'll give so, you time to work on that media stuff, though. Exactly. There you go. It's got to put the silver lining. Yeah, got to look for the silver lining and everything, man. So yeah. If, yeah. if someone's looking to get going um, and they want to come to you, what do you what do you tell them to to come to you with what what's the the basics that they need when they when they approach tyler and mountain built media uh you know it's kind of just come come with me with like what's your what's your ideas you know or what's your what audience you're trying to reach out to um kind of give me just a a, a timeline of what you're looking to do and um if you're wanting to you know build a website or you're trying to get like a logo or some graphics just kind of get a, a budget in your mind and um work around that you know i'm not trying to to take everyone's money and you know but i need to pay for my time too so um i'm willing to work with people as far as that goes you know that's why i want to see other people in the outdoor world be successful and um you know build that uh community up build that um camaraderie up our community you know nothing wrong with uh 
nothing wrong with service, man, and helping everybody out. Yeah. All right. in the same deal. Um, so we For do sure. a little deal, man. Uh, and I'm not sure how many episodes, if any, that you listen to, but I like to hit conservation, man. So it's nothing to put anyone on the spot or, yeah. you know, down anybody, but a conservation quick is what I call it. So just give us uh, your, you know, one to two minute spiel on conservation and, and the importance of and how you view it. Yeah, you know, conservation is crucial. It's part of, you know, what we're trying to do, like, with, you know, with, with Kong Valley, even I mean, that's all part of it is trying to, you know, save our public land so we can all get out there and enjoy it, you know, so my, my daughter and my sons can get out there and enjoy it and, you know, future generations and then just building those stronger, you know, herds, people say, you know, um, you know, hunting's hurting the herds because they just don't, they don't do any research on it, you know, I mean, um, building those stronger herds and stronger uh, animal communities. It's just what conservation is all about. And then what about access? What's your, what's your opinion on access, man? Um, access is, it's, it's like where I live, I'm like surrounded by logging land. It's, it's pretty frustrating at times just because, uh, you know, these logging companies come in and they buy these huge plots of land. And then in the summertime, when it gets real hot out, they, they lock you out. You can't even get in there. And it's really, really frustrating. So, um, you know, ha- securing these public lands for us to get out there and hunt and bike and fish and camp, it's, it's, it's crucial. Because, um, you know, more and more companies are, are buying out these lands and it's, it's frustrating. Like, like Texas, for instance, I think they have like 1% public land. That's insane. Like you can you couldn't pay me to live there, man. Yeah. And it's all, uh, I think it's all South Texas. I think there's a little bit still in West Texas available. Um, but South still Texas up. is real. Yeah. 1%. And and think about the size of that state. Yeah. It's massive. 1% of that. Are you kidding me? That's insane. I tell you what though, man, if you've never hunted Texas, dude, you got to go hunt Texas. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. Like, well, you got to come down man, and hunt some hogs and whitetail. It sounds awesome. But yeah, I had a buddy that wants me to come down there. So we all try to work that out sometime soon. So it looks awesome for sure. Oh, it is, man, it is a blast, dude. It is so much fun hunting down there. Really? Yeah. Oh, God dang. And and you know you're in tech. That's one thing. I've been to a few states, man. And that's one thing. Like, you don't forget where you're at. I mean, Texas, yeah. Yeah, Texas is something yeah. else. It's a blast. I've heard man. that. I've heard that. So cool, man. Anything? Yeah, Montana's oh, awesome. Sorry. What is I was in Montana's my spot. Like, uh, I want to try and make my way back up to Montana uh, in the future and move back up there just because, you know, so much land and so many creatures and it's, it's the spot for me. I love Montana. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't been up there yet, man. I'm hoping to get that knocked out in the next couple of years. I'm struggling yeah, this awesome. year. I'm definitely going to Colorado and then I'm flipping the coin on, on Oregon. I thought Oregon was my number one, number two, and then yeah. uh, have an opportunity somewhere else. And I'm going, Oh man. So I'm not sure where it's going to pan, but I know Montana, I got to get up there and yeah, experience man, it's just land is beautiful up there. It's just huge. You know, and it's just, you can't drive more than like five miles without seeing like deer or elk somewhere. There's everywhere. It's the kind of place. I'm not saying they're easy to shoot, but they're everywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a place you don't want to leave. Right. Absolutely. So, anything we we missed, man, that you want to uh, get out there? Um, any messages for the for the listenership there? You know, I don't think so, man. You know, I think um, you know, everyone get out there and check out Kong Valley and see what they're all about going on there. I think we have some cool things on the way. Um, a lot of cool projects coming along, you know, and if you're, you're looking to, uh, uh, 
get some, some more social media stuff going, you know, please hit me up on there. Love to help you out or point you in the right direction or help you one way or another. So how do folks get a hold of you if they uh, want to do that for that? Uh, you can get me on um, Instagram at Mountain Built Media or my, my personal page also, uh, The Real Tyler McCleskey. Um, or if you want to check out CUDA points, I run all that stuff too. So you can a couple different ways, you know, CUDA point, my personal or mountain media, you can get at me, um, on any of those. And mountain built media on, on Instagram is MTN. Yeah. MTN. Right. Right. The, the cool mountain way. Yeah. The edgy way. <laughs> edgy That's a cool way. site though, man. It, uh, there's some good photos on there. Do that. I think it's the first one. Um, it looks like it's probably just before, uh, dusk. I forget oh, what yeah, you had. Yeah. I think yeah. it says the world that man has built. I think that's that the one I'm thinking of. You're looking over the valley there or something. That's right. A- yeah, that's like 30 minutes from my house, man. It's a cool spot. It's just yeah, it's just the clouds came in just right, and it was just a, it was a cool yeah. picture opportunity. That's a really cool picture. I saw that. I was yeah. like, hell yeah, this is a great shot. Right. right, right, yeah. I mean, if I could, I'd spend every day out in the woods, man. I I love being up in the mountains and just living it you know but got responsibilities and families and it is what it is damn responsibilities man i know being an adult sucks (laughs) yeah so anyway man cool i appreciate your time um thanks for you know taking time out of your day to support this platform and this effort man and um we'll be talking yeah appreciate it man you know i mean hopefully um you know people enjoyed what i talked about try not to be too much of a, a bore so hopefully you know Somebody's gonna like it. Somebody's gonna like <laughs> Good deal, Tyler. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thank you. And I'm sure you've already had the uh Kong Valley goes offer, but if you want to make your trip to Oregon, man, you know, I got some some bulls out this way that could get you on. Yeah, that uh I'm telling you, man, the rosy thing, if uh so what it is is last year I was in Wyo, right? My first elk hunt. Yeah. Shot an elk first morning. Elk took off. Uh, found the elk he was poached out so i put in for wyo again this year and uh, was yeah. unsuccessful but i got a couple of pointers if you will <laughs> that uh yeah. are, are pointing me to a avenue if, uh, that i can take to you know i got a 50 50 to go in there so i'll be awesome. in northern colorado and it made sense to go from northern colorado right into wyo and if that right, doesn't right. work sense. out it was like okay do i go to idaho because i'm a little bit closer or do i go all the way to oregon right so you're right. talking a 10-hour drive maybe to you know probably somewhere i'm not sure what it would take me to get right. I'm, I'm gonna say 13 14 hours at least to get from probably colorado to oregon so that that's yeah. really where the the decision's gonna be is if i end up in wyo and logistically yeah. right yeah it's hard man like i you know i'd love to be able to just to say okay from you know the end of august to mid-october i'm out I can yeah, probably, no doubt, you know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm Don't working on, yeah, I'm working on a month right now. So, you know, I, I should <laughs> right have, on. I should have some good time out there this year and, awesome. but, you know, we'll see, man. Right on, bud. Good deal, brother. You can catch up with Tyler on Instagram at the real Tyler McCluskey or at mountain built media. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.